Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This week, we're sharing one of our favorite episodes from the Single Tracks podcast archives. We're going to be talking about the best mountain bike upgrades for under 100 bucks. If you've been listening to the Single Tracks podcast since before it was cool, you've already heard this episode. So you can skip this one and join us next time when we have new content for you. This episode of the Single Tracks podcast is brought to you by Outer Bike. Are you searching for your next mountain bike or just looking for an excuse to visit a premier bike destination during prime riding season? Then you should sign up for Outer Bike, taking place this summer, August 18th through the 20th at Mount Crested Butte, Colorado. Outer Bike is the best demo event in the universe, offering you the chance to ride the latest bikes from top manufacturers. And it's all taking place in Crested Butte, one of the top five mountain bike destinations in the world, according to readers of Single Tracks. Outer Bike attendees will have lift access to the cross country and downhill trails at Evolution Bike Park, as well as some of the area's other classic Single Track. Admission includes lunch each day and beer at happy hour. Visit OuterBike.com for more details and to register for the Crested Butte event. Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. Today it's me, Jeff, and I'm here with Greg and Aaron to talk about upgrades for your mountain bike that cost less than a hundred bucks. For a lot of people, you know, buying a new bike every couple years isn't always in the budget. And so we wanted to talk about ways that you can make your current ride feel brand new for not a lot of money. We're going to go through and just talk about a number of ideas and different parts you can upgrade for under a hundred bucks. This is not to say that you could upgrade every one of these parts and it would be a hundred bucks. These are individually about a hundred bucks. So pick and choose the ones that you think you need and Again, it'll have your bike riding like brand new. Yeah, Jeff. I think one of the coolest things about mountain biking and mountain bikes is that they can be upgraded and modified and can get better over time. You know, that doesn't translate to a lot of other outdoor sports. Like take your current snowboard. If you want the latest tech, you have to go out and buy a new one. And same with a lot of things like rock climbing and everything else. But in the upgrade and technology sense, mountain biking is more like a motorsport. We can add new things to our bikes that come out or change things that came stock on our bikes and make them better over time, which is a pretty appealing pastime to me. Yeah, that's a really good point. So first on my list is converting your drivetrain from a two by or a three by. So if you follow the mountain bike news, you know that one by drivetrains are all the rage and, and for good reason, you know, they're a lot simpler. It saves weight. And for a lot of people, you don't need all those extra gears. So Oftentimes you can find a new chain ring, a single chain ring for around 50 or 60 bucks. And assuming that you get the right one and you're able to convert your crank set, typically that's a pretty good, easy upgrade. And obviously you ditch your shifter and front derailleur. So that's in good working order. You can even make a few bucks, sell it on eBay or whatever, and help pay for your upgrade. So to me, that's a really easy inexpensive one that I've done to both of my bikes. Yeah, going one by is something both of us are big fans of, but it should be noted, I think, that it's not for everyone. It kind of depends on your fitness level, the kind of trails you ride, and 
also, frankly, how heavy your bike is. If you have a bike that's well over 30 pounds, you're probably not going to want to switch to a one by. So just bear that in mind. So jumping in on that, I ran one by for quite a few years, but I've recently gone back to my two by drivetrain, mainly just because the mountains around here are so friggin' steep and I'm not that fit. So there's that. Um, <laughs> but the one big detraction to me of a two by system is a chain slap and having your chain jump off of you know your chain rings or jump around on your cassette. And now there are a few different things you can do to minimize that even uh, without a single front chain ring. The f- number one thing is to have a clutch-style derailleur. And if you don't have one already, the prices are coming down enough that, especially if you're running a 10-speed drivetrain, you can probably pick up SLX Shadow Plus derailleur for about 100 bucks. So that's very doable for $100. Another thing you can do, which I mentioned in my article, Top 10 Upgrades for Less Than $100, is get a Bionicon Sea Guide Chain Guide. And now this is a chain guide that fastens to the bottom of your chain stay and the chain runs through. But it moves and flexes to allow you to still shift your front chain rings. Most chain guides on the market are designed to keep the chain on one single chain ring. But this chain guide just keeps the slack out of the chain and allows you to still run two or even three chain rings up front. But since the article was published, I do want to mention I've been testing an upgraded and new and improved model of Bionicon Sea Guide, and it's proven to be much more durable than and even better than before. I think they've just you know eliminated the previous model and are only running the new model. So even that one component, which is a great upgrade for less than hundred bucks, is just getting better over time. If you want to stick with a two or three by system, I recommend the plus style derailleur and the Bionicon Sea Guide. Yeah, for sure. I've actually used one of those uh, Bionicon guides in the past and i think those are pretty cheap right they're 20 or 25 bucks something like that so yeah it's not much yeah you could really i mean you could get a clutch derailleur and a bionicon guide for both of them together you could probably get them for less than 100 bucks and i will say since shimano has introduced their latest xt group the m8000 the 11 speed they are a lot of places are closing out their old xt 10 speed stuff so there's definitely deals to be found on on 10-speed drivetrains. Maybe we should stick with the 10-speed stuff. And one item I wanted to mention that wasn't in the original article I wrote are just conversion systems that are keeping our products better for longer. So assuming you are already running a one-by drivetrain, you can also get some of the benefits of the extended range, which the 11-speed have, with a... 40 or a 42 tooth cog that you add to the back of a 10 speed cassette and then you have to remove one of the smaller cogs but they make these for compatible with uh, SRAM and Shimano cassettes and there's a bunch of different companies that do it I mean one up wolf tooth hope that's just three I can think off the top of my head but there's a ton of them that are making these range extending cogs that work with 10 speed systems and the prices kind of vary on those. They can be anywhere from the 60 to 70 to to $100 range. But that's a good way if you already are running a one-by system, you have a clutch derailleur, and you want to stick with the one-by, but you also you know, want to be able to climb the steepest stuff out there. A uh, 42-tooth cog really makes a big difference. So what about tires and tubeless? That was one of the things 
that Greg, you mentioned in your article about 10 upgrades for under $100? That's a really good place to upgrade, especially if you have the stock tires on your bike, because a lot of times that's where manufacturers are going to cut costs. So they don't use the best compounds. They don't use all the fancy sidewall protection. Sometimes on lower end bikes, it'll be a flyer bead tire instead of a folding bead tire. So tires are definitely a place where you can not necessarily shave weight, but you can gain a lot of performance for your money. And tires, you know, the nicest tires are going to be expensive. On the cheaper end of the nice tire spectrum is about $50, and they can range all the way up to $90 or $100 per tire. So you may have a hard time getting two really nice tires for under 100 bucks, but you can look around and there's definitely deals to be had. Getting nicer tires, I mean, that's, if you think about it, that's the only part of your bike that's in contact with the ground. So if you can find the proper tread for your trails and for how you ride, it can make a, a huge impact. I think that's probably the easiest way to improve the performance of your bike is through the tires. Because also while manufacturers are Sometimes they're used tires as a place to cut costs. They're also specking the same tire for a bike that's going to be sold around the world. So the bike may show up at your local shop, and for your trails that you ride on, the tires may not be ideal. So getting a proper tread pattern is, is huge. Another thing that a lot of people are looking to do is to go tubeless. So a lot of bikes out of the box are not going to come tubeless, and it's easier than you might think to get your wheels set up that way. It doesn't involve buying a whole new wheel set that's tubeless compatible. A lot of times you can convert your own. You can buy kits from stands and from others that basically, you know, I mean, it's not expensive because it's basically tape or like a rubber strip that you're putting in your wheel. And so definitely look into that. There's there's a good bit of labor involved, but the price of the materials itself is not big. And the benefits of running tubeless are are big. I, I don't want to go over those here, but it's definitely worthwhile if you're not running tubeless. Definitely an inexpensive upgrade. Yeah, and it's something anyone can do themselves if you have enough patience and you watch enough YouTube videos. It's really not that difficult of a undertaking, you know, and the more times you do it, the better you'll get at it, obviously. But there are conversion kits available or a really cheap method and one that I've used extensively is Gorilla Tape. Just go to Home Depot or you know, your local hardware store and get a roll of Gorilla Tape and tear it to whatever width you need for your for your rim and tape away. Get some tubeless valves and some sealant and boom, you're ready to go. If you need more information on that technique, be sure to check out D. Gaddis's article written several years ago called something along the lines of DIY tubeless. I mean, run a search for that on single tracks, and you should get step-by-step directions to make that happen for yourself. So another thing I have on the list is upgrading your stem and bar. So one of the things I'm actually working on a buyer's guide for handlebars right now, and you know, one of the big changes over the last few years has been just getting wider and wider handlebars. A lot of people are finding that works well for them, and. It's not just about wider handlebars, though. It's about having a shorter stem, too. And so this is one of those things where you can get a wider bar and a shorter stem easily for under under 100 bucks. It's not going to be the lightest. It's going to be aluminum. But you can get to the sort of the geometry that you need easily for under 100 bucks. 
if you're looking to just upgrade, let's say just your handlebar, you could, there are carbon bars out there around the hundred dollar price mark. But yeah, like Jeff said, if you're okay with aluminum, which a lot of us are, I am, most of my bars are aluminum. Yeah. You can, you can snag a stem mana bar for, for around a hundred bucks. Yeah, we should have we should have responded to that guy from Taiwan that was emailing us that said he had stems for five dollars each. I think a lot of people, if you could get a stem for five bucks, then yeah, you could afford a carbon bar and still be under a hundred. I think we had to buy two hundred and fifty of them though. If anybody wants to get in on that, email us and we'll we'll put in a big order. <laughs> We're gonna start our stem business. A lot of the items on my initial list could be categorized as contact points. So when people think about mountain bike upgrades, lots of times they first think about upgrading their suspension, upgrading their drivetrain, or you know some sort of component like that. But it's critical to think about where you're actually coming in contact with the bike, and also where the bike is coming in contact with the ground. We already covered that in tires, but where you're touching the bike, those are some of the most important parts, because that's how you interact and control the bike. The stem and the bar are also part of that, but other really important parts include grips, pedals, and saddle. And if those three items aren't like set up for you or don't work well with what you're trying to do, um, you can run into a whole host of problems. So I'll run through those quick. On grips, I'm a big fan of upgrading grips. There's many different types of grips that you can upgrade to, and most of them are only going to cost you like 30 bucks for like the most expensive ones. Uh, maybe a little bit more if you go with some super nice ergon grips, but you can generally grade for pretty cheap and it can make a big difference. So if you're going, a lot of people that are into endurance riding like ergon grips or even mini bar ends for different hand positions and they find those really comfortable. Personally, I've used them, haven't been a fan, but my favorite grips currently are Ure grips and they're still a round grip but very well padded and makes for a very comfortable ride. But you can still go with you know, a thinner round grip as well. Sometimes, if you, especially if you have a low-end bike, just upgrading to a lock-on grip versus a standard grip that might twist and throttle makes a big difference in the feel of the bike. And the safety as well. Yes, that's a good point. Um, yeah, you don't want your grip throttling. If it's spinning on the bar, that's no bueno. I mean, you can get a cheap pair of lock-on grips for like less than 20 bucks. So do it. Pedals are also a great spot to upgrade the feel of the ride. If you're with you know stuck on clipless, there's a bunch of different brands nowadays that you can try, different models within one style of clipless. If you're interested in going to flats, there's a lot of different flat pedals you can get that will come in at less than a hundred dollars and will do a great job. So if your pedals aren't cutting it for you, definitely look at those. And finally, the saddle is probably the most important one because that's supporting most of your weight. This past year, I did a saddle fitting for the first time ever in my you know, decade of riding mountain bikes, and I didn't know how comfortable a saddle could be until I got one fitted and sized and went through like a whole line of saddles choosing the best one for me. And if you're willing to go up to $100, most of the top of the line best saddles aren't a whole heck of a lot more than 100 bucks. So you can get a lot of saddle for $100. If you're willing to get a cheaper, a little bit heavier model, you can get a lot of saddles for less than 50 bucks. That still might do much better than what came stock on your mountain bike. Those are sort of a rundown of all the contact points, and it's pretty convenient that they're all pretty cheap to upgrade. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, a lot of people, for some people, they're going to want to upgrade their bike for performance reasons, right? They're going to want that drivetrain upgrade or, you know, suspension upgrade. You're not going to get the suspension upgrade for under a hundred bucks. But then, yeah, a lot of other people need to consider what are their pain points? Is it, you know, a comfort issue? And if it's a comfort issue, that's where you need to spend your hundred bucks optimizing your ride. Yeah, I had a couple notes to add to what Greg said. Uh, as far as the saddle goes, you can definitely get a lot of saddle for a hundred bucks. I that's one place where I wouldn't skimp too much because the cheaper the saddle, generally the cheaper the foam and the materials. Weight obviously, but that's not as big of a concern. The nicer models are more expensive because they have better foam in them. That's going to be more comfortable and which is very important the the longer your rides go you can definitely find a very nice saddle for a hundred bucks or less but i would say don't skimp too much there then on pedals i just wanted to give a shout out to two of my favorites the shimano m540 which is not a, a series pedal so it's not like a xt or xtr pedal but essentially it's nearly identical to the xt pedals in weight and performance and you can find those things for 50 bucks all day long um, online. I'm a fan of those. And also their SLX trail pedal, which is the M530. That's got the larger platform that a lot of companies are moving to, or at least offering with their clipless pedals. And those you can get for 30 online. So I'm a big fan of those. They require no maintenance and you can beat them up. And, you know, if the TSA takes them out of your luggage during a, a trip, then you're only out 30 bucks, which I have had happen. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So one of the other items that Greg had on his list that we published a few years ago was a tune-up. So I actually want to break that down into like two different things. So on the one hand, you could go into your local bike shop and say, give me your best tune-up. And, and that would probably cost about 100 bucks in terms of labor. And, and they're going to take a look at everything and lube things and tighten stuff up and, you know, give it a good once over. But typically that doesn't include a lot of parts. So, you know, they might, might, if they're feeling good, they might replace some cables for you or things like that, but they're going to charge you for that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they're going to charge you for that. So what I would say is if you've got a hundred bucks, you could buy a chain and new cables and new housing and bearings and a bunch of little parts like that and do it all yourself. And that will make a huge difference. I know, Aaron, you said you replaced some of the bearings in your suspension linkages uh, this winter, and, and it made a huge difference. It did. It was – I hadn't realized how bad my uh, bearings had gotten until it, I knocked them out of the frame and could feel them and then put the new ones in, and the bike just felt amazing. So those bearings I bought from Real World Cycling, which they also make the Enduro fork seals. So the full set of bearings, for, this is for a Kona, and obviously every bike is going to be different, but there were 12 bearings on my bike, and it was about 80 bucks with shipping for all those bearings. And luckily I was able to, to borrow a bearing press from our local shop, Loose Nuts, here in Atlanta. Our buddy Chris runs that, and... He was uh, very kind to let me borrow the bearing press because that's not a cheap tool. That's I think a bearing press is probably around 300 bucks or something like that. If you have the tool or you can borrow one, you can definitely rebuild your suspension pivots for around 100 bucks. But if you take it to a shop, there's a lot of labor involved. I mean, I'm a 
fairly seasoned mechanic and it still took me mm, the better part of five hours probably Whoa. to take it all apart yeah because i mean you really have to take the whole frame apart knock the old bearings out clean it put the new bearings in and put it all back together so it was it was a big job but one that made a huge huge difference and one i would recommend if you've been neglecting your bearings for a season or two yeah well so maybe on the other side doing a chain replacement that's super easy anybody can do that and you know even most most of the mid-range to upper-range chains aren't going to cost more than 25 or 35 bucks. And then you can also replace cables and housing. I mean, that stuff gets gunked up, and you don't realize how much your shifting suffers because of it. But if you put some new cables and housing in, man, it, it feels like a brand-new bike. I would recommend if you where you live you have rough winter conditions and your, your shifting is really suffering, I would go full housing on your shifter cables because uh, it'll help keep the crud out of there and keep your bike running smooth so it may not look the prettiest if you don't have guides for full length housing on your bike you may have to zip tie it to the frame but that's a good way to keep you running smooth through the winter so your cables aren't getting all gunked up and to, to jeff's point about the new chain yeah, you can get you can get a decent chain for thirty bucks. So you can also get a new cassette while you're at it. Probably a mid range cassette is fifty to sixty bucks. So get a new new chain and new cassette, and yeah, your bike will be much happier. Yeah, the other thing I will mention too about the the chain is, you know, if you don't replace your chain, if you're one of these people like me, you know, early <laughs> on where I was like, oh, you know, it's it's riding fine. I'll just slap a new chain on. If you don't replace it in time, you're actually damaging your cassette um, and potentially your your cranks as well. So definitely, you know, a really cheap tool. If you don't have tools, one of the first ones you could get is a chain checker. And those things cost like five bucks or eight bucks or something. But it'll tell you when your chain is getting too stretched out. And if it's at that point, you definitely want to replace it or you're going to end up costing yourself a lot more money when you're replacing cassettes. Yeah, it's like you know, preventative maintenance on your car. You know, if you do the the smaller stuff early on and more frequently, then the rest of your drivetrain will last a lot longer. And one other thing I would add to the tune-up category is new fork and shock seals. Those are really cheap. Typically, if you're just talking about the seal kits for forks, they can be had for maybe, you know, 25 to 40 bucks, somewhere in that range. And it can be kind of scary, but Pulling your suspension apart, if you've, if you've ever done that and you've opened it up, unless you really start taking apart shim stacks and going crazy, there's not a whole lot in there. So um, as long as you're not a ham-fisted mechanic, and again, if you're patient and you watch enough videos, you can you can take apart your own suspension and replace the suspension oil and replace the seals, and and your fork will operate a whole lot better. You know, it may not be as good as... You know, it may not be what you want. It may not be a brand new fork, but it'll it'll at least work a whole lot better. If you are a ham-fisted mechanic like me, then just take it to a shop. It's gonna be yeah, cheaper. Don't, <laughs> don't if, yeah, don't do delicate suspension work with your ham hands. <laughs> One final thing that I have to add to this list is a product that wasn't available when I first wrote my article. And it doesn't quite hit the $100 mark, but it's really dang close. So a lot of people commented on the article saying, 
you know, upgrade your dropper or get a dropper post if you don't have one, which at the time, almost all dropper posts were like three to $500. So that just didn't fit the criteria of under a hundred dollars. But now you can get a very dependable post called a KS E10 dropper post. KS stands for Kineshock, the brand, and E10 is the model name. And lots of places you can get for about 120 bucks. So 20 bucks more than our limit, but it's about a third of the price of most posts out on the market today. Now, granted, this post isn't going to have all the bells and whistles of a more expensive post. You know, it's externally routed. The uh, cable runs up under the seat, which is an ideal setup. But if you're trying to get a drop post on a budget, uh, KS E10 is pretty hard to beat. I recommended it for a friend, and he picked one up for himself and has been using it for about a season with no issues whatsoever and has been really stoked on it. So if you're looking for a drop post, there's no better way to get one right now. Cool. That's a good suggestion. Well, this has been a really good discussion, and I think we've expanded on the list from last time. If there are other upgrades that people know about for under 100 bucks, we'd love to hear about them in the comments on Singletracks and on Facebook. And as always, thanks for joining us. See you next time. Peace.